Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 78. Lee Oden is a digital marketing strategist, author, international speaker, and CEO of Top Rank Marketing. His work integrating search, social, content, and influencer marketing has been recognized by the Wall Street Journal, The Economist, and Forbes. By combining a best answer marketing strategy together with do well by doing good values, he has attracted top industry talent and clients, including SAP, 3M, Dell, LinkedIn, Oracle, and GE Digital. Oden is a prophetic writer as the author of the book Optimize and as editor of toprankblog.com, where he has published over 1 million words on digital marketing topics. Lee Oden, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, Hayut. It's uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy you are here. And I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. And I would like you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Well, um, our agency has experienced some, some tremendous growth and I'm spending a lot of time uh, working on continuing that momentum. Um, we are investing in a lot of internal development, um, yeah. you know, refining and optimizing our processes, our, our services, our delivery, and, and all that sort of thing. Investing in our people um, yeah. so that we can deliver best in class, you know, and quality uh, performance uh, services that our clients have come to know and love, but, uh, but in, in a bigger way, you know? And I also get to travel all over the world, uh, speaking and evangelizing around digital marketing topics. So those are the two things I'm spending the most of my time on. That's terrific. Can you tell us a bit about the agency and perhaps a few words about your career until now? Sure. So Top Rank Marketing uh, is a content marketing agency based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We would uh, maybe be characterized as a boutique agency. We're very specialized. We work with large enterprise B2B technology and uh, healthcare companies, as well as some B2B companies in other industries. Um, as I mentioned, we produce a content. Uh, we are delivering demand gen oriented programs, lead gen programs, using an integrated wow. mix of tactics. And um, how did it start? How did you start it? When did you start it? And why? 17 years wow. ago. Yeah. Um, my partner and I were in art class at university together, okay. and uh, we used to think about what, how awesome it would be to have an agency someday. Fast forward many years till, because I'm I'm a bit older, <laughs> to 2001, and she had started a PR firm, a public relations firm, okay. and I had left another agency, was working independently, and ha I started to help that PR firm market itself as a consultant. After a little while, um, I joined. Uh, that PR firm, I developed a product or offering called Top Rank. It was an SEO oh, solution sure. that Everyone we, we could, top yeah, Top yeah. Rank Marketing. 
And, and Top Rank was a uh, SEO solution that we were able to offer to PR clients along with media relations services. After a couple of years, that digital marketing search marketing offering actually became the entire company. And so the original partner and I switched places. She asked that I become the CEO and she would be president and run operations. And mm -hmm. uh, we've been growing ever since. And you are doing the same, both partners yes. ever since? It's amazing because yesterday I saw a very nice article about entrepreneurs and about all the epic couples or partners that made it over the years, sure. you know, Procter and Gamble and uh, uh, Harold Packard and so on. So if a couple, and, and they wrote about it, a post about what it takes for entrepreneurs uh, to survive together or to enjoy working together. And for you, working together 17 years, it's, it's incredible. It is. We are definitely a yin and yang mm. duo. <laughs> wow. So, so what I mean by that, uh, my partner is definitely more focused on operations yeah. um, and uh, that aspect of the business. And I'm more focused on the craft of marketing mm. um, and, and thought leadership and being the face of the company. Um, I do provide quite a bit of support internally f and, and when it comes to craft and what's next, what's innovative and that sort of thing. But am I also spending a lot of time externally? Um, evangelizing yeah. um, what's better, what's next, what's uh, what what you should focus on in marketing, you know, um, as a future forward type of thing. It's interesting because in a way, I think you are very well known also because your technology uh, part, your bringing all the new stuff and being very updated. I thought that in a way you are entrepreneur as well. Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I didn't start out to create an agency or build an agency necessarily. It's my passion for marketing and the chase yeah. of solving difficult problems, um, is, is really what kind of got me into the role I am now. I mean, obviously I've had to learn to be CEO, but, um, technology plays a role in all of that. Uh, you can't be efficient. You can't be effective, uh, especially these days without being aware of and mastering, you know, the tools. I think, there's an expression I like to use, uh, a tool is only as effective as the expertise of the person using it. Hmm. And I think it, there's a lot of tools out there that, you know, they, they, they solve 50 problems, but a lot of people only have five. Yeah, that's right. I feel it myself that sometimes I'm very passionate about some, you know, some new tool or something that I use. Um, and I know that I don't use 10% of it, but who has the time? Right. 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 Well, you know, that's the thing. It depends on, and that's part of the decision-making process, uh, especially within an organization that's trying to allocate funds towards technology and reconciling that against what their needs are, what the capabilities of their staff are, and that sort of thing. On an individual basis or a small business basis, it's a lot easier, right? Yeah. And who are your customers? You just talk about healthcare sure. and uh, that you are focusing on the, the enterprises. Why? Sure. Why the big ones? And um, yeah. And who are they? Sure. When we started, we were, you know, we would take anybody <laughs> because we were just sure. getting started. But early in our business, um, we were involved with pitching the U.S. division of British Telecom, which was called Syntegra, and it was about a billion-dollar business unit. Wow. And they wanted a high-tech PR firm that was like a boutique PR firm, and we certainly were that. We were only four people. And we displaced Weber Shanwick as a PR firm because 
not only of our specialist because of our specialization, because we were talking about SEO and PR, um, and no one else was talking about how you could optimize content to attract journalists sure. to cover your company. And that was a very successful engagement, and that laid the groundwork for a preference for technology companies. Today, our customers are mid-market and large enterprise uh, B2B technology companies, some healthcare companies, companies like Dell, LinkedIn, SAP, Oracle, McKesson, Change Healthcare. Uh, we recently brought on Slack wow. as a client, which, which wouldn't be a large company, but a, a mid-market company. And... Um, You know, GE Digital we just brought on. Perhaps so, with your help, there you will be a large company. Just take, yeah, yeah. might take some yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are trying to help our mid-sized companies, uh, clients become very large companies as fast as we can, for sure. What is unique about the technology, big guys or mid sure. companies? What is different than any other company? One of the differences in terms of what makes it a good fit for our agency capabilities is B2B has a longer sales cycle. And our expertise lies within content and creating relationships with customers early on and throughout the entire customer lifecycle, from awareness to consideration to purchase to advocacy. And um, another element of that is within technology companies, You know, you have a lot of buyers who are self-directed and they're using content to pull themselves through that journey. So we're very good at architecting content and narratives that are based on creating value, being useful in, during that customer journey. They're empathetic to the customer during that entire journey. And it's not just about making the content, but making it an experience, making yeah. it something that informs, but also helps them feel something. Um, and... In technology, you know, you have something that is a very sophisticated purchase decision. It's B2B. It's a large decision. You have yeah. buying committees. And so the mechanics of that kind of purchase dynamic is very different than B2C sure, that's right. and different than other industries. And we're very good at creating signals of credibility that are, become very effective for our clients. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah. And, and you know, because there's so much more information available, it makes content so much more important. It's not just about getting them to buy, but it's content that keeps them as a customer, that supports them as a customer, and content that even supports their willingness and interest to, to collaborate, co-create, and even advocate uh, for the brand. Sure. And, um, you know, we're talking mainly to entrepreneurs. What would be your best advice to entrepreneurs and startup founders regarding customers, marketing, and sales? And the customer's approach and customer focus, of course. Sure. Well, I think obviously you've got to know your customer. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are very much focused on the product or solution they have to offer and their own reason for you know, starting the company, their passion behind the technology, their passion behind the solution that they have invested so much into. And sometimes they don't um, express that same passion for investigating or empathizing with why it is that their customer would mm -hmm. want to buy that product or service. And so I think really knowing and understanding your customers is most key things you can do and understand it's an ongoing activity. It's not just something you do when you start the company and write a business plan. Uh, the other thing is, and this is from my own experience, is that is it's, it's possible To create the kind of momentum, the creative kind of gravity, if you will, that your customers come to you 
instead of you solely relying on chasing customers. So what uh, HubSpot took the ownership of inbound, but it has been here for 30 years or 32. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, that's what they call inbound marketing, isn't it? It is, it is. And that's, you know, in our our case, we've never, for our own agency, we've not relied on salespeople. Uh, We have not relied on advertising even uh, really at all. Um, Are all those companies I mentioned earlier all came to us? Wow. And they came, they came to, yes, every single large enterprise client that we have, um, including McKesson, which is a Fortune 595 billion dollar company that's been with us for 12 years, came to us. And, and so, how come? How did they, how did they find you? They, well, that's an interesting story. So, they called, uh, someone from corporate called saying, hey, we're looking for a speaker to come to our annual Marcom corporate uh, marketing event and talk to our internal marketers for all our different businesses about uh, uh, SEO and content. And uh, so that was the context. So I, I was to give two presentations. I came on the first morning and I gave my presentation and they said, okay, great, come back tomorrow. And I really left it all on on the table. I was like, I I wanted to, I didn't know if I would ever see these people again. And so I really wanted to give them a lot of value. Hmm. I came back the second day and my contact approached me and said, Lee, I just want to let you know, one of our vice presidents uh, was in the room yesterday and she wants to know if we could engage your agency on an ongoing basis. Wow. And before I got on stage and I'm like, I'm only in my head, I'm going, I'm only four or five people. Yes, absolutely. You can do that. (laughs) And, uh, and so I gave my very enthusiastic second presentation and went back to Minnesota and talked to my partner about how were we ever going to serve uh, at that time a Fortune 15 company with with a handful of of uh, people. And uh, like I said, it's been almost 12 years um, wow. that we've been working with them. It's impressive. I know you have a lot of successes, and we get to it in a minute. But you just talked about a few. But I would like you to share with us what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers, the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most? I would say the biggest failure has been uh, the over-eagerness to please and say yes to hmm. too many things. Uh, as an agency, you're trying to you know, manage resources. And of course, if you have a portfolio of clients, they have fluctuating needs and demands and if you're not managing that appropriately, um, this can really be costly to the agency in, in its ability to staff appropriately, uh, to have the right technology and, and that sort of thing. So from a failure standpoint, I guess it's uh, going through a phase of, of not handling out-of-scope uh, requests very effectively uh, with clients and uh, resulting in, you know, um, very big stresses on my team and stresses on the performance of the campaigns because clients are asking us to do stuff that was on top of what we originally agreed to and we weren't charging for it and so on and so forth. That was years ago. Do you have, uh, we- a, do you have a specific example? You don't need to, to mention names, but do you have a specific example of how it happened? Well, there's many, <laughs> but... Uh, the, the juicy yeah. one. Well, okay, here's, here's a common example of where a client engaged us to, for branding and awareness level campaign yeah. and said, you know, no, this is not about lead gen. This is not about conversions. This is just about increasing market affinity about our brand and our solution. And all we're trying to do is increase the amount of conversation uh, about the main topic and our brand. That's all we want. 
okay, great. So we architect a program, we have an agreement, we have a project plan all lined up towards that objective, and we're executing on it. And then a quarter into the engagement, the client says, um, my upstream executive is really worried about uh, that we haven't dramatically increased the number of leads. Oh. And of course, there's, there wasn't even landing pages or conversion pages involved in the oh. campaign. So <laughs> scrambling to quickly yeah. create a demand gen program yeah. with leads, it just, it, it wasn't that type of content. You know what I mean? Sure. It's, uh, and, and so that was a, a little bit of a disaster and uh, expectations were not managed properly. And, and uh, you know, there was a, we had to, you know, swallow a very jagged pill on, on that mm. and eat a lot of cost. Oh. Um, you know. Oh. But that was a lesson learned. Sure, sure. sure. It's always a lesson learned. And you talked about doing things that are outside your scope. And I think what involves in it afterwards is uh, defining your scope, isn't it? Right. So it's a matter of defining scope and setting expectations up front for how we will deal with requests that do fall outside of that scope. There are always special circumstances that will arise, right? Sure. It's inevitable. And so we treat that as normal, not as an exception. And so when those requests outside of scope come up, we can decide, well, is this something that we can exchange for another deliverable? Or is this something that we can add on and we can do a change order and it would have an uh, associated cost um, with it? Yeah, but now you are just able to, to see that before jumping in. Right. In, in setting expectations up front in the agreements that this is how we will handle, handle out-of-scope requests and then training our people on how to respond to clients when these sorts of things come up um, has been a big help. Hmm. Now I would like you to tell us a story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customer. About approaching a customer? Um, I'm approaching a customer, or, working with a customer, but treating a customer. Yeah. You know, I think there's a, a recent example, I think, that kind of fits in this category that's fun. Um, so we took on a client in the financial planning and accounting software industry and uh, with a lot of resources around their product and maybe, you know, maybe not as many resources towards their marketing in the past. Yeah. So. Financial planning and accounting, I don't know that many people would call that a sexy industry, <laughs> per se. And we really listened to, to the client and uh, really wanted to help them stand out um, as a challenger brand, if you will. And so what we did is we uh, developed a program that involved industry influencers. Yeah. And they had no relationship with these influencers. So we were able to execute the kind of program that would quickly identify, engage, and recruit influencers to help co-create content. And the content we created, we decided it's got to be fun, right? It's got to be something different than, it's not going to be a white paper <laughs> sure. or some other sort of uh, spec type of software information asset. Rather, we took the game Candy Crush yeah. and we created a interactive quiz with, uh, we created caricatures of the influencers and they were inside the quiz asking the questions. Whoa. And so people could, you know, they would find this asset, they would play the quiz or take the quiz. After, uh, and, and so they were able to interact with it. And then that led them to a fulfillment piece, which they could provide their name and email address in order to download. And that was quite successful at that. 
that gave them, and so the success wasn't just that, but the success was the fact that that gave this company the confidence to do more mm -hmm. like that. So we followed that up with another asset, another campaign focused on financial planning and machine learning and artificial intelligence. And so we had this um, uh, interactive, um, it was a microsite, and it says, you know, you've met Siri, you've met Alexa, now meet Penny. Oh. And so it, it was like, um, you know, there was this, uh, you know, sort of computer voice like Alexa yeah. um, was interacting with you. And it's little, technically, this is an ebook, but it's talking to you and it's presenting information according to different categories. And when you selected one of those categories, this fake AI <laughs> personality would narrate uh, the answer and then it would actually instigate a pop-up with one of our influencers and it would play audio from the influencer oh. uh, sharing their thought leadership. And so this this has gone really well. It's like, I, I can't even repeat what their CMO said, how much it was. <laughs> he said, this is bleeping cool, you know? Um, and the, 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 the audience um, has responded um, similarly in that this is something that really stands out with their industry. So I think the, the success was really understanding, not that specifically that their audience would respond to this, but the fact that nothing like this existed in their industry and they really had this challenger brand opportunity to not only create useful content, but to co-create it with industry experts that would bring credibility to the table and then make something that was uh, experiential that would make the influencer proud to be a part of it. And so they mm -hmm. shared the heck out of it, but also to make it engaging for consumers and infotaining, if you will, and uh, you know, give them something interesting to experience right along with consuming information about the products and solution. Wow. And it's what exactly brings me to the next question. And I would like you to recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that related to customer focus marketing or sales. However, I'm not looking for the latest, shiniest tool that, uh, you know, the last in a very, very long endless list but I'm looking for the tool that you are using. You know, there's a couple of tools that I think are kind of neat. Um, one tool is BuzzSumo. Yeah. And uh, I've been um, using that tool for a long time. I'm a very early customer. And so BuzzSumo is a great social search engine. It does content analysis. It allows you to do Twitter influencer research. It can help you find the top authors of any given website or topic, yeah. which then you might want to go recruit them as writers for your team. Or um, it also does Facebook analysis and it has a tool that um, I'm proud to say I helped instigate. Mm. It's called the question analyzer. So one of the key things, as you know, in inbound marketing is to understand the questions that your buyers are asking as they go through right. their journey. And question analyzer is a tool where you can literally pop in a keyword and it will return to you in the form of search results, clustered question topics that people are actually asking in forums on the web. Oh. And then your, your opportunity then is to take those questions knowing this is what people are actually asking. This is the syntax yeah, of their query that they're actually using. Sure. And, you, and go ahead and answer those questions in your content plan. So BuzzSumo is a Swiss army knife wow. uh, of tool. It's very affordable. That's one tool. Another tool that I think is really cool to use, uh, and it's very affordable, is Nimble, N-I-M-B-L-E. It's a social CRM tool. It is um, something that, you know, allows you to 
It's a low-cost CRM that auto-populates social data right within Outlook. Yeah. Or when you have a bookmarklet in, installed on your browser, when you hover over any social profile, it'll automatically create uh, in a sidebar window all this information about that person. So from a sales prospecting standpoint, from a networking standpoint, in my case, from an influencer standpoint, mm. it makes it a very effective relationship management tool. Wow. I heard of both, but I must say that I'm not using any of them, and I'm going to use it right away. And of course, we'll put the link at the show notes for this interview, so anyone can. Great. I wanted to ask you, I have a question about, do you remember the point where you stopped chasing after customers and started to attract them? And you already <laughs> told me that you have never chased after customers, which is great. Well, well. I'm sure early on, you know, I wasn't involved with the company at the, that day one, you know, I was involved early, but uh, early on in the company, I'm, uh, there was certainly, um, you know, people calling on their network saying, hey, we started an agency, we'd love to pitch you, <laughs> you know, I'm sure those sorts of things were happening. But yet, you know, it was in, uh, I can say that when I started a blog in 2000, late 2003, or, um, yeah. blogging, go ahead. No, you are such an opinion leader. In terms of content, it's, it's amazing. Well, I, you know, all I know, I'm passionate about marketing and I, I enjoy learning from other people and sharing what I have learned with other people. And blogging was a great way to do that. Blogging became a really useful way for me to share what I was seeing happen in the industry, to react to what other bloggers were saying. And ultimately, blogging became a great platform for me to brush up on my writing skills and communication skills. And subsequently, blogging helped me get a book deal with Wiley. Yeah. And I published a book called Optimize, which has been incredibly effective at helping us attract new customers. Wow. Um, blogging has also opened doors for me to speak. Uh, I've done over 200 events in 17 different countries. 200 events? Sure. Yeah. 17 countries. During these 17 years? I started uh, speaking at events probably around 2006 or seven. Wow. This is a huge number, I must say. You've been traveling a lot, isn't it? Well, the, the international travels really happened in the last five years or so. As you know, my interest in the industry and my network connections with other people in the industry has just really surfaced a lot of opportunities. And I'm just really interested in helping other people be successful. Mm. And I'm interested in being successful as well. And I think that, um, you know, that's just something that opens doors for you, sure. you know? And I want to ask you, you know, there are many factors that actually involve and affect our success. And uh, you just talked about a few. What is the one most important factor that affected your success? What is your key success factor? My key success factor, for me, it's been passion hmm. and love for the marketing, hmm. maybe the, the, just the craft of marketing. The idea of, you know, it's a problem-solving exercise. It's uh, opportunity to be creative. And so a passion for that and always learning. Hmm. Um, maybe, maybe that's the, uh, the subtext of, you know, that key thing. Uh, I've never stopped continually testing, experimenting, and trying to learn from primary research as much as I can. I create a, a network of people that I learn from as well. And uh, I get to spend time with an incredible team on my agency who are out there doing all the hard work, really. Hmm. And I meet with them and, and I learn about their challenges. I learn about their successes. And, and it really fills my brain full of inspiration in terms of what it is 
that's important to know and what is the keys to success um, in marketing and serving clients. Wow. Lee, I imagine always this journey of marketing and taking possess in the mind of the customer, you know, taking ownership on a brand, on an idea, leading the market as climbing a mountain. And I mm-hmm. ask my guests whether they ever climbed a physical, literally, mountain or wish to climb a mountain or have any relationships with mountains. I have, uh, I was, uh, I was in the military uh, right after high school and I was stationed in Alaska where I was able to climb mountains oh. um, uh, as part of our training, I guess. Um, so yeah, I, I uh, have that experience, I suppose. I've enjoyed um, traveling through Switzerland uh, specifically and seeing the mountains there, um, as literal, literal mountains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think little mountains are also saying something about ourselves, isn't it? About our um, inside mountains, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, I would like to see our agency become, you know, one of the top agencies uh, in the Midwest, if not the country, for the very thing that we do. Wow. And we already have a great reputation. I mean, we're 30 people, but we have the footprint of at least a 200-person agency. Ooh. We have the output of a much bigger agency than we actually are. So we're already getting a lot of momentum in that way. But I think that um, either with the right partner or, uh, you know, if we joined with another company, I think we would accelerate very quickly uh, to, to climbing that particular mountain. Yeah, and to conquering new heights, isn't it? Exactly. Lee, It has been such a pleasure talking with you, and I just want to ask you, what is the best way to contact you and to connect with you for any one of our listeners that will want to be in touch? Sure. Well, my company website is toprankmarketing.com, T-O-P-R-A-N-K, marketing.com. There you can also connect with our company blog, which is uh, the only blog to be rated the number one content marketing blog three times. Whoa. Um, by Content Marketing Institute, who is also a customer of ours. I <laughs> really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We help them uh, promote their Content Marketing World Conference. I'm about to have Andy very soon. Yay. So, Fantastic. Yeah. Andy Cosadena, and, and I talked with Joe Polisi already. So, yeah. Yeah, Joe's amazing. Yeah, he is. Joe's amazing. He, he is. Uh, I'm also very active on Twitter, Lee Oden, L-E-E-O-D-D-E-N, and, uh, and, and uh, LinkedIn as well. So we'll put all these links at the show notes of this interview so anyone can be Excellent. in touch. Lee, I would like to thank you so much. I really enjoyed this uh, conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Hayut. I appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Rich Omis, episode 78. Lee Oden is a digital marketing strategist, author, international speaker, and CEO of Toprank Marketing. His work integrating search, social, content, and influencer marketing has been recognized by the Wall Street Journal, The Economist, and Forbes. By combining a best answer marketing strategy together with do well by doing good values, he has attracted top industry talent and clients, including SAP, 3M, Dell, LinkedIn, Oracle, and GE Digital. Oden is a prophetic writer as the author of the book Optimize and as editor of toprankblog.com, where he has published over 1 million words on digital marketing topics of top rank marketing.
And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.